0: It is Wednesday, August twelfth, two thousand and twenty, and this is episode sixty eight of the World of Sports Podcast and Radio Show Short Episode Edition. Welcome to a episode of the World of Sports Podcast radio show short episode edition. Tuesday was one of the crazier sports days we've had in a while. In hockey, there was a five overtime game that was I believe top five longest ever for a playoff game. It lasted in, in hockey, it lasted about six hours. The NBA saw multiple teams in action that are all fighting for a playoff spot in the bottom of the West. All four teams played today and you can listen to the episode from Tuesday to hear about what each team needed to do. But I will tell you that my team, the Suns, won. So did the Trailblazers in kind of a crazy ending. Um, Memphis lost, which is helpful for the Suns. And then the Spurs also won. So there's a lot of stuff going down there. You can go listen to Tuesday's episode to get caught up on that. But the big news of all is college football. The Pac-12 and Big Ten announced they are moving their seasons to, at least the they're canceling for now, postponing, I guess, moving to the spring. Now, there is a very long story to this, that I'm going to try to briefly explain how in the world we got here. But for now, it's just the Pac-12 and the Big Ten. The Big 12 announced they're going to play. Um, the ACC and SEC both seem like they're going to play. Um For reference, the Pac-12 are the schools on the West Coast, the Big Ten are the schools in the Midwest, the SEC are the schools in the South, the Big 12 are the schools in the Texas-Oklahoma region, um, and there's some overlap with the Big Ten, actually, and then the ACC are the teams along the Atlanta coast from Florida up through, I guess, all the way up to Pittsburgh, um, so just now, I'm saying that because region of the country somewhat matters in this, but for reference, most for most sports in the spring shut down in March when the coronavirus started to pop up. Um, all spring sports for the NCAA were canceled, which means that teams played uh, games that had started baseball, softball; those all stopped. Now, those students were all given an extra year of eligibility, and it was kind of cleaned up real quickly and moved on. It was all done by the end of March. But to be honest, the idea of fall sports was really kind of left untalked about. In June, there was discussion about whether or not football players could come back, really, in May. It was decided they could come back and work out in small groups. Football season is the first sport to really start. There's some usually some soccer stuff going on. But those players don't need as long to prepare. It's really basketball, really football that needs a lot of time. So it was decided some guys could start doing weightlifting and, and some physical activity and stuff like that. Um, and they started in early June. Schools have had a ton of coronavirus cases. Some schools have. Some schools have been very good about stopping it. And that was at least the early spring and the summer stuff. So this, these series of workouts have continued now until... Here we are in early August, and the initial time for the season to start was going to be the first weekend of September. That was pushed back a couple of weeks ago to the end of September in almost every conference. I had Brody on last week, and we talked about the Pac-12 schedule and some of the stuff going on with Arizona. Um, The other thing we talked about was something called We Are United, which was a movement of players from 11 of the 12 Pac-12 schools, which are the schools on the West Coast, to ask for a number of things before they would kind of step on the field. The first attempt that I know of, of a team unionizing in any way, shape, or form. Um, But some of the requests were crazy, and to me it looked like that might be the beginning of a negotiating tactic or something, but instead we really haven't heard anything in the last week or so since they put it out other than the commissioner of the Pac-12 just saying he would consider it and so not much more was said at least on that topic interestingly enough though over the weekend uh Trevor Lawrence who goes to Clemson ACC school um and Clemson is a team that was just in the national championship game came out and said that he wants to play and and Trevor Lawrence is an interesting part of this because he has everything to lose and nothing to gain, he's going to be a top five draft pick in the NFL next year, regardless of whether or not he plays. And he's been on and off of social media for a while, but him saying that they, they, he wants to play and he wants the sport to go is is a big move forward, right? That's a lot of momentum. And he started a hashtag. We want to play. He got fellow uh, star uh, Justin Fields, who plays in a different conference, the Big Ten to go along with it, um, and and there was some talk about unionizing from them. Now, you might ask, what does unionizing mean in the sense of college sports, and, and why does it matter? Well, let's first talk about why does it matter. Every professional sport that is playing or will play has a union, and what that allows them to do is essentially do the job of a union. It allows them to be protected by a series of rules that they all can come together on, that they are all in agreement in. And so when the league sets up their rules, once they have the stamp of approval, of, of approval from the union, they're good to go. Well, in college sports, there is no union because they're all amateurs. They're not getting paid. They're not allowed to unionize. But the other problem is that each individual conference is individual. Well, if you had a union, let's say these players were played and they were allowed to unionize, paid and allowed to unionize. Then you would have a union that would decide everything, for, and it would be one, practice, one series of practices um, all across college sports. The other thing I should mention over the weekend, I believe this was Sunday, is that the Mid-American Conference, the MAC, canceled all their sports. And this was very reminiscent of what happened in March, before March 11th, when the NBA shut down and everything else followed, uh, the ivy league canceled their basketball tournament to get into the ncaa tournament once they canceled everyone else started to cancel over the course of a couple of days and by wednesday the whole basketball world was shut down around the same time of and even before the nba and other sports so that's important to to keep in mind also so the max shut down now there's some precedent well A a meeting was called on Sunday night with all Power 5 commissioners. And apparently what had happened, it sounds like, is that the majority of presidents, so I talked about this on an earlier episode, but there's the commissioner at the top of the conference, then there's the president of each school that's a member of the conference, and then there's an athletic director below them. And you have to assume that underneath the president of the school there's a bunch of different people overseeing a bunch of different parts of the university, the sports, one is the athletic director. So uh, there was an emergency meeting by Power 5 conferences because a majority of Big Ten presidents who had met on Saturday decided they wanted to postpone. Well, this came out Monday morning for the most part. It came out a little bit on Sunday, and I believe I teased it on the episode on Monday, which I record on Sunday. And then on Monday... There was some conversation about, well, the Big Ten is going to cancel and the Pac-12 is going to follow and we're not sure what's going to happen. And there was some pushback. Uh, The coach of the Michigan Wolverines, um, Jim Harbaugh, came out and said he thinks his players could play and cited all their safety issues or cited all their their safety protocols. One of the things Trevor Lawrence argued both, I believe, Sunday and Monday was that he believes. He believed that players were safer at school, which I will also get into in a second. But let me finish this part. So there's some pushback on Monday of, wait, 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 wait. We haven't, the Big Ten leading this thing, we haven't actually decided anything yet. We're going to meet Monday night. And then we'll come out with a decision probably Tuesday. And so that's what happened. There was a meeting Monday night. By even, I believe there was a meeting again on Tuesday, and by Tuesday midday, the Big Ten announced that they were going to cancel their at least postpone really their season. The Pac-12 used the words they would cancel. Now, why did they ultimately cancel? Well, I have a couple of theories. the The main theory that seems to be driving this because the, these calls were between the presidents of the schools who ultimately make the decision. The ultimate reason was because there, were, there was some issue with a heart condition, myocarditis, which is inflammation of the heart, that was found in a number of Big Ten athletes, which is where you get the start of this being Big Ten athletes and Big Ten schools. And so they, it was decided by the Big 12 presidents that they were not going to play. Now, there were a couple of schools that were kind of holding out on this, um, and that that would be Nebraska and Iowa were the two. It sounds like Iowa's gotten on board. Nebraska's a little bit of a problem. The other theory I have to why this got canceled is because the school presidents hadn't gotten involved in this yet. And there's a huge liability to this. There's an unknown liability. These players aren't paid. They aren't given hazard pay. They aren't given anything. And to knowingly put them in danger for your own money making, which is really what this comes down to, at least for the most part. There are some players that could end up making money in the NFL later, but essentially to send the free labor out there to make money when you know there are risks is possibly illegal. And these schools could be in major serious problem. They could they could be sued. If it turns out myocarditis is a problem and these and these schools sent them out there anyway, and a player contracts COVID-19 and gets myocarditis, they could sue the school and say that you knew this was a problem and you let my, you know, be parents or kid, you let me go out there or parents let you let my son go out there and play. And he developed this. And so to be honest, to me, I think it's most likely and myocarditis is definitely a problem. It is, it is the one constant. To me, the athletic, the presidents were not involved in the process until now. The athletic directors have been running everything. The presidents got involved. Because the talk started to intensify, and some of the stuff out of the Big Ten came out, and that rose to the level of the presidents. And the president of the school said, we can't do this. We're going to get in trouble. This is from the Big Ten and the Pac-12. And they essentially forced the commissioner to cancel it or move it. Now, they'll move it to the spring, and I don't think they'll play. But that's, for now, at least what the plan is. Now, the other thing I think is important is the – now, Trevor Lawrence brought up something that I think is important. He said, well, the players will have a better, will be safer actually on campus with the football team because they'll be tested regularly, they'll be enforced social distancing guidelines within the school. And I don't know. The problem is that you're assuming these players are going to be on campus. Everyone's going to be on campus, not just these players. And that's a really big assumption and a really big problem. And and one of the holes in this entire flaw, the holes in the entire argument of, of Trevor Lawrence's idea is, but that's assuming you're going to be on campus. Now, he, Trevor Lawrence is also arguing at home he thinks some of these players don't have necessarily the access to health care, and that's a possibility. But overwhelmingly, there's some belief that there's just going to be kids on campus and that, therefore, if there's kids on campus, the players are going to be on campus, they can go and play. Well, first off, it's an added risk to play football. If someone has coronavirus and you're on the offensive-defensive line, you're more likely to get it than you are walking around with a mask on campus. But I don't know that every school is going to stay in person. Even major schools from Power 5 schools. I don't know that that's necessarily going to happen. And if you start a football season in September and you intend to play it, and the school in October decides they're going to send everyone home because they have an outbreak, what do you do? You're, You're going to keep the free labor that you're not paying anything for, that you're not truly protecting probably enough because you just can't. I mean, baseball has shown shown that unless you're in a bubble, you can't protect properly. You're going to try to do all that while they're not, while their classmates are all at home because you've decided it's not safe for everybody else. That's an argument that you can't seem to win, and that's what the Big Ten and Pac-12 decided. And it is unfortunate that players might have better access at school. One of the solutions is that you just give them better access at school, regardless of whether or not they're playing. You know, you bring in the players and say, "Listen, your athletes are at our school." We're giving you a scholarship to play here. We are going to take care of you. Come by, and we'll we'll test you and wear masks and do stuff like that. And there was some conversation in the SEC, I believe it did this last Sunday, uh, last Monday, actually, uh, of players in the SEC saying, how are you going to protect us? And they said, you know, you need to tell your classmates to follow the rules. Are you kidding me? Schools are already going back. There's parties already. and And you think a football player is going to walk up and be like, hey, guys, like, I need you to, to all leave it, it because we, we're trying to play football here. No, these students aren't gonna care. I'm a college student. I'm telling you, they won't care. Maybe at some schools, but not at not at every school, and definitely not at schools like mine. And the Big Ten and Pac 12 realized it. Now, the ultimate factor was the heart condition. Because that's the that's the one that's traceable. It's also life-changing. Um and, and, and at the end of the day, we're a, we're, we're a sue-happy country, and these schools are always afraid of getting sued. Now, the big question you might ask is, why are the Pac-12 and Big Ten stepping down, and the other three big of the Power Five are still going to play? And to be honest, I don't have a great answer. Other than, it's just worth too much money. Now... There may not be afraid, these other schools may not be afraid of lawsuits, they may figure they can win them, they may not even figure the lawsuits will exist. The SEC, Southeastern Conference, makes a lot of money from football, and they will be in a serious, the schools themselves will be in a serious financial predicament without it. They may decide that it's just too important. Now, the idea of using free labor, essentially, to to make that much money and doing it despite the health risks is a problematic process. But these schools are in the South, where politically it is safer to play, where it is more accepted to take the risk that people are willing to take, where – and this is a little bit of an issue. There seem to be the, – the, the doctors in that part of the country seem to be differing from the doctors in other parts. And that's a huge factor in this, by the way. The idea that the ACC had a doctor that came out and said they could play – the ACC schools are generally in the South and mid-Atlantic region – But the Pac-12 and Big Ten said, no, you can't. That's a problem. For now, the SEC, I think, is really trying to buy time. The ACC sounds like they're they're ready to go and they're going to play. The SEC is trying to buy time. They're trying to figure out more. I think they're waiting for the NFL to start. I think they're trying to figure out what kind of testing process they can have. I think they're trying to see if their own schools make it. If they have to send kids home, they know they can't play. I think they're trying to wait for the virus to get better before they try to play. So for now, they're all on track. We will see what happens. Now, the problem for the Big Ten has been Nebraska. And this is one that I have a hard time with. Because Nebraska really wants to play. For them, college football is like the SEC. It it makes their economy. I don't think Nebraska is going to play. But Nebraska has talked about leaving the Big Ten, which they just got into nine years ago from the Big 12. And going to the SEC or ACC who have ad- talked about adding schools to their conference for the year. Now the problem with Nebraska's plan is that they may not be allowed back in their conference. Now you might say, well aren't you assigned a conference and you have to stick there? No. Nebraska moved from the Big 12 to the Big 10 because they wanted to. There was some redrawing and adding schools and they decided they wanted to move over to the Big 10. But you can also go independent. That's what Notre Dame and BYU do where they're not a part of a conference in football. So Nebraska could always end up being independent, and they could schedule their own games and get people to agree to schedules. It's tough at times for Notre Dame, but those schools manage to do it. Nebraska might say, you know what, we're going to move to the SEC this year, and then if we're allowed back in the Big Ten, fine. If not, we're not. But for now, losing college football is a big deal everywhere, and the ACC and SEC are going to try to power through it. And there's billions of dollars on the line, by the way. Some of these towns have milli- billions of dollars to flow through their economies just by having college football. Now, there even might be some idea of having fans, which I highly doubt, but it's possible. And I can't acknowledge that it's not a, a, a topic of discussion. But for now, the big issue in college football is what's the actual medical advice? Myocarditis seems to be a real problem. And they have to figure out what kind of risk it adds. And, and this does affect a little bit of college basketball. To be honest, I guess we're not really there yet, but it could become a problem for college basketball. Now, one of the things that that the other question is, well, they said they're going to move it to the spring. Why not play it in the spring? Well, there's two problems to me. One, you're asking, again, free, unpaid labor that doesn't have an ability to fight for itself to play two seasons in one calendar year. Essentially, a normal season ends in December with some bowl games that maybe go to the beginning of January. You're asking teams to play all spring, summer off, and then back to get playing again in the fall. And that's really hard. It's physically grueling and demanding. It's difficult. It's not necessarily safe. That's a big challenge. The other problem is that at least as of a few months ago, the the NFL said they would not push their draft back. Now, the NFL draft without college football is a whole other discussion. But if you're going to draft in late April, I don't think you could get the college football season done by then. Players wouldn't be allowed to start working out until January of 2021. Then you have to get them on the field and you have to play their game. So what you could end up happening is at the end of the season, you could lose, I mean, there's 250 players or so drafted in the NFL, and then, you know, maybe 100 more on, on that, are, that are taken onto other teams, or more than 100. I mean, you could end up losing a few hundred players to the NFL right at the end of your season. That seems like something that's not necessarily possible and this is a carryover effect i mean high school sports might not happen they may try to get it done in the spring because a lot of kids graduate and you're bringing in new freshmen um and and younger kids are more resilient and they can shorten the season and they can do other things but for now it's a historic day and it's a and it's a real real head turner and, and this is one of the things about COVID. sometimes you just gotta you gotta rewrite the rule book right everything we're doing we're doing for the first time And college football's situation is an exact example of that. So, I will come back tomorrow, and I will see you for another episode of the World of Sports Podcast and Radio Show Short Episode Edition.